Clifford Owensby, as seen on this body camera footage released by Dayton, Ohio Police, repeatedly explained to officers that he was a paraplegic and had no use of his legs. Owensby was pulled over September 30th in a white Audi in Dayton, Ohio. Police say it was seen leaving a suspected drunk house. You can cooperate and get out of the car, or drag you out of the car. The police release video was edited. NBC News cannot confirm what happened before or after. The officers forcibly pull Owensby out of the car by his hair, pinning him to the ground. Somebody help! Somebody help! Can y'all call the real police, please? Then dragging him towards the police vehicle. Police say they found more than $22,000 in the car. The narcotics canine dog signaled it had been in close proximity to illegal drugs. I feel like they need to train their officers to um, deal with disabled people in a, in a more efficient manner, you know, treat them with respect. But the Dayton Fraternal Order of Police defending the officers, saying they offered to assist Owensby, but sometimes the arrest of non-compliant individuals is not pretty. The mayor of Dayton calling the video very concerning, adding a full investigation is already underway. Molly Hunter, NBC News. Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. Follow today's top stories and breaking news by downloading the NBC News app. Hey, we want to welcome everyone to You and the Law podcast show. Uh, we've got a, another great topic to discuss with uh, with you all today. Uh, uh, I need to introduce my co-host of the show. Uh, who goes by the name of Chief Keith Humphrey Swag. How you doing today, brother? Man, I have told you about introducing me as a co-host. I am the host. <laughs> You're going to get it right one day. <laughs> well, you know what? I just, I just Let's had to try that, that again. Just to... Let's try that again. Yeah. Let's try that again. Okay. Go ahead. Try it again. Okay, well, we're going we're gonna to try this again. So, Everybody, I need to introduce the host of the show, who goes by the name of Chief Keith Humphrey, the swag. How was that? Okay, that's better. That's better. That's better. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Well, I just, I just wanted to make sure you, you know, you were awake because I don't want our listeners to think that you're sitting over here, you know, nodding. So, you know, you just got to check and make sure, brother. Man, I'm too cool to nod, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Keith, you know, um, we just listened to this audio clip uh, from a news um, out of uh, Dayton, Ohio, uh, that has gained uh, a lot of national attention over the past week uh, where officers uh, used force to pull a uh, paralegic man out of his vehicle after after him repeatedly telling them that he um, did not have use of his legs. And so, um, so many people have, we shared this on our social media platforms, and so many people have reached out with questions about um, why did police officers, um, you know, not re reply to this man's, that he was, you know, he didn't have the use of his legs. And so I think the, the video is very disturbing, especially when you see them 
pulling this man by his hair out of his car, and then he just literally dragging him to the patrol car. I mean, you know, Keith, we talked about this so many times, and it's just almost like officers don't remember what happened in Ferguson. They don't remember what happened in Baltimore or all these other major cities where, you know, things have went wrong between the police and the black community. And you see something like this here, and it just makes you keep just scratch your head. It's like, you know, and this was over a traffic stop. I don't know when it stops, Virgil. Uh, I, I don't know what it takes. Now, you know, and, and, and we, we understand the use of force. Uh, we understand there are going to be those individuals uh, that are going to re- that are going to require a certain amount of force to get out of car, but goodness gracious, man! I mean, really, I, you know, and you, you hate the armchair quarterback, but I just can't see, man. That 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 video is pretty graphic, and I'm just trying to understand why pulling this man out of the car by his hair. He's telling you he's paraplegic. You know, either one or two things happen. Uh, they didn't believe it because they thought he was trying to hesitate. He was, you know, he was basically trying to prolong being arrested, or they just don't care. Um, yeah. And I think the officer even said, "I think the officer even said, well, I, I've, I've dealt with him before." Well, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't justify. So I, no. I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't know. No, well, and you know, they they said, "Hey, you know, we will." Uh, help assist you out of the car. Uh, you know, obviously he had some assistance getting the, getting into his car, and obviously he would need some assistance to get out of the car and that he would be placed in a wheelchair. So if you're going to assist somebody out of a car and he does not have a wheelchair to be placed in, you're going to set him down on, on the, on the ground or you're going to, just what are you going to do with him? And I mean, it's just so, the incident, the the lack of concern, and how these officers' uh, attitudes uh, they it progressed. It got they got more agitated. They got more angry. And the simple fact that Keith, all of this again, a traffic stop based on the fact that he pulled away from a known drug house. Uh, and but one of the most disturbing things, and I'll finish before we have to go to break. And I think we've got on uh, one of our, our faithful listeners, Gary. Gary, we'll, we'll definitely get to you. But one of the most disturbing things: there was a child in the car while all this was going on. Now they cited him for having a uh, for not having this child in a proper car seat. So. You, you had all this going on, but there was a uh, a child under a certain age who was inside of the vehicle while all this was going on. Very disturbing, Keith. But, Keith, we're going to take this break, and we come back, we're going to get back into the, the topic of uh, police officers and how they deal with, with people with disabilities. Uh, but you're listening to You Under Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Thank you. 
I never get the flu. My kids don't need more shots. I don't have time. We're all healthy. My asthma's under control. I'm pregnant. I've had the flu. It's not a big deal. My kids are too old the for media flu. Is I can fight it naturally. No matter how you build your excuses, the flu can blow your house down. Keep your foundation strong. Vaccinate. Learn more at flu.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. You might know me. I'm 50 Cent. You may follow my tweets, my Facebook friends. Odds are a few in six degrees separate us. We're that close. What's crazy is one in six don't know where their next meal is coming from. These are your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends. Hunger's too close for us to ignore. So visit feedinamerica.org slash hunger and find your local food bank to see how you can make a difference. From one close friend to another, let's do this. I'm 50 Cent, and together we are Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, we want to welcome everyone back to You and the Law broadcast show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where today we are talking about how police officers uh, interact with people with disabilities. Uh, and this conversation is surrounding the incident that took place in Dayton, Ohio, uh, with a motorist who was pulled out of a, a vehicle. Uh, he repeatedly told officers that he did not have use of his legs and he was a, par- a paralegic. So if you want to know more about the story, definitely please go to our uh, Facebook page, uh, uh, You and the Law, and click on the link and you can, um, if you haven't heard about the story, uh, it's definitely there. But Keith, I think so many people around the country have because it is gaining a lot of attention because, again, how are people treating people with disabilities? And um, uh, we've got a, a, a one of our listeners on the line, uh, Gary, who uh, has been on the show with us before, who is also uh, has some disabilities, and he's going to talk to us about uh, some of his encounters with police officers. Gary, how are you doing? Okay, uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, Gary. First thing that, that, that these union or police fraternity needed to do is to have disability training. What I mean is they need to go to the disabled community as questions. The reason why I say this is because I saw a robbery. I personally, I saw a robbery personally. Right? The police come, the Berkeley police come, and you interview everybody but me. Why? Because they don't want, they don't, they, number one, they don't understand what I'm saying. Instead of saying, I don't understand you, I will repeat, I will repeat what I say. But because of the macho, macho, uh, effect of the police, not all guys, but most men are macho. So, looking at a disability is a problem to them. Hey, we got, we need to break that mold. We need to break that cycle. Well, well, you, you know, Gary, yeah. one of the things that, um, I don't think a lot of police officers are very well 
trained on and I don't think you know maybe there are some police departments who are are doing a good job of, of training their officers on understanding the American uh the disability act and, yeah. and how yeah, yeah. yeah and how they should treat uh people with disabilities because there's all types of disabilities I mean you can go from being a, a paraplegic like this uh, young man in, in, in Ohio, or you can be deaf. There are so many different disabilities, and police officers don't fully understand. Or, Keith, I guess the question is, you know, we, we always want to believe that, that officers are out here serving and protecting everybody in the community, no matter yes. what race, creed, or, or their disabilities. But at some point, you have to realize you are a human being in a uniform, and what right do you have to treat a person, especially with a disability, just like you're going to treat somebody else, which you shouldn't treat anybody like that. Well, I, I, I know in, the, in, in uh, New Orleans, I was going, we were going to New Orleans, and the state troopers stopped us on the road at night. And the state troopers said, I want everybody to get out of the car. Since 
you are stereotyping a black man because he drove away from a, a particular residence that you're yeah. saying is a known drug house. Now, yeah. it'd be different if there was a sting operation set up and you knew the person driving away from the home just purchased drugs. Yeah. So, again, Keith, there is so, you know, everybody on the law enforcement side, they're going to say there wasn't anything that these guys did wrong. Number one, he drove away from a known drug house, and then look, oh wow, he had over twenty thousand dollars in in money, and oh, there was a canine who who hit on the on the money, so that meant that the money had to be around, you know, drugs or something. Again, Keith, I mean, it, it, there are so you can articulate and you can word things the way you want them uh, to be worded to to work in your favor. But when you start violating people's civil rights and you start violating the American Disability Act, there are some serious concerns with how policing is is going in this country, especially after everything that has happened. You're absolutely right. I, I think um, I'm, I'm hoping that each and every one of these incidents that occur, you know, we is a teaching moment for our profession. Uh, a teaching moment and an opportunity to learn uh, that the things that you don't do. Um, it, it, you, you can't teach common sense. And, no. you know, how many of these topics do we have to discuss? I mean, you know, how many of these occurrences are going to continue to happen? Because someone thinks because they have a badge on that that somebody just automatically has that to... to to comply or just, you know, just because I said so. Uh, and, 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 it's, and uh, you know, man, how, how do you, it, it's crazy. And, and you know, the, 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 the union's going to say, well, he could have had a, he could have had a gun in the car. You know, he could have done this. I, I, I get it. But man, you know, would there not have been a better way? I mean, I think if, if, if someone had seen him, Pull a gun or going for a gun. I don't. I don't think anyone would have had any any concern. But, but basically, you stop this man. You ask him to get out of the car. He's telling you he can't get out of the car, or he's not moving fast enough, or he's not moving at all because he's a, you know, he's he can't walk. You know, yeah, and, it, yeah. and you and you snatch him out of the vehicle, man. I, I tell you, that's yeah. that's, 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 that's just. Yeah. But, but, but hey, guys, we. Uh, Hey guys, we need to. I'm gonna kind of hate to interrupt you, Gary, but we got to take this break. But we're gonna take this break, and we come back. We're gonna get back into the conversation of policing involving those with disabilities. But you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri, was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent, one in 260,000. The odds of this born racer having 157 career top 10 finishes in NASCAR? One in 125 billion. But every driver seeks the pinnacle of their achievements. The odds of him winning both the Daytona 500 and the Brickyard 400 in the same year? One in 195 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism? One in 88. 
I'm NASCAR driver Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Napa knows how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Hey, we want to welcome everyone back to You and the Law uh, broadcast show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where today we are talking about how police officers are interacting with people with disabilities and uh, what type of training are police officers receiving around the country related to how to deal with people with uh, uh, with a disability and how does that apply? How does the ADA uh apply to police officers uh keith and gary one of the things that that is is disturbing to uh that i discovered doing uh getting ready for this show was that uh the city of san francisco is asking the supreme court to uh, re, uh to make an exception into the ada that uh that Congress did not write into the law that the ADA does not apply to police encounters. Yeah. So when you when you have a uh, uh, a city who is seeking the Supreme Court to read an uh, an exception into the ADA law that Congress did not write into the law uh, to say that police officers should not uh, uh, abide by the ADA. That should be a, a lot of concern for a lot of people who have disabilities. And also, um, the fact that many people with disabilities have, once they get locked into the system, they have a very difficult time in jail. They have a very difficult because jails are not accessible. See, the whole thing is like a, a stair step. Once you go down the first stairs, you go down a long stairway. And, and you know, back in, most people with disabilities not go to jail until 
who could not walk, and uh, police officers uh, on body cam pulled him out of his car by his by his dreads. And you even see one of the police officers keep, you know, picking this guy's shoe up and trying to throw it back into the to the car, and it didn't. He picked it up and he threw it in again. But just the the image of seeing them drag this man from his vehicle to the police car uh, was very disturbing. In, in the fact that you know. Their whole thing was you refused to uh, get out of the car when we ordered you out of the car. But Keith, people have asked me how this was he, question. How was he going? Hey, Virgil, how was he going to get out of the car? Yeah, well, and then they said, "Well, we will help you get out of the car. We will assist you get out of the car." And I posed this question earlier, Keith. If you're going to assist him out of the car, how are you going to? What? Where is he going to sit at? Are you just going to say? You gonna lay on the pavement? You gonna lay on the ground, or what? I mean, you didn't. You don't have a wheelchair to put this man in. Go ahead, Gary. And where where is he gonna again? Where is he gonna go after you? After you? After you get him in the car? Where is he gonna go when he gets to the police station? See, see, all these things. They do account. None do account because okay. If he broke the law, okay, fine. If he broke the law, but what are you going to do with him? After he broke the law. Well, and another question is, once you get him out of the car, even if you, let's just say, you helped him get get him out of the car, and then you after you decide he didn't have any illegal drugs, uh, you issued him a couple of citations, are you going to help him back in the car? Are you going to say, well, you, you're going to have to get back in the car by your by your own self? So, again, you, you've got a, officers who their attitudes, their aggression toward people is so out of it, – it, it is just so unbelievable, the fact that you have to get that angry, that angry to, to take you to another level, Keith, to where – you are going to do whatever you can to get this person out of the car, even knowing that they've got a disability. Yeah, and I, I want—I'd like to remind the audience that we're talking about this specific incident, and when we talk about uh, these type of behaviors, we're, we're focusing on that one incident. But we realize that there's a small percentage of, of police that just don't get it, but. We're not saying because there's some departments out here providing some amazing training when it comes to uh, when an officer comes in contact with some, with a citizen with you know with disability. So, but this one was just you know I, I just you know and 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 I think the I think the thing about it is and we we don't know all the facts. We don't know what happened before. We we don't know, but. You know, you you ask this man to get out of the car. This man's telling you, "I can't get out of the car. I, I can't walk." Um, you, you're asking him to do that. He's telling you he can't, and, and then you decide to escalate um, your uh, your you know your contact with him or your response to him. You pull him out of the car by his hair. What? How much common sense does it take to know? There's a better way to do that. Exactly. What was the exit circumstance? You know, what was the exit circumstance? Uh, yeah. I, and that's what I just don't get. Where's common sense? 
Well, Keith, and, and so many people have, have asked me this on, on our social media. Uh, where, where does resisting arrest start? Because, again, he was not under arrest. They simply asked him to get out of the car so they could run a dog around the car to make sure that there wasn't any drugs. But there again, what was the probable cause to do that? So they're saying the probable cause to do that was the fact that he came from a known drug, a known drug house. There's, there's some issues with that as far as the probable cause, just because you pulled away from a known drug house. So now you go from saying you pulled away from a known drug house now we want to get you out of the car so a dog, a canine, can can do a outside uh, search of the car to make sure that there's no drugs inside of the car. But so many people are asking, if he was not under arrest, why did, why was it necessary for him to get out of the car? Yeah, and that's the only, and the and the officers are the only one that can answer that because, like I said, well, we don't everything. we don't know what happened. You know, we we don't know what happened, but we what we do know, we know what happened before, we know what happened after, but we do know that this man was pulled out of the car by his hair. Yeah, and, well, and, and, and but go ahead. I'm sorry, Virgil. Well, no, I was just going to say that even according to one of the local news reports out of uh, out of Ohio, they're stating that the something was edited that they received from the police. Uh, so apparently the police may, maybe at some point have released certain parts of the officer's body cam footage to to the public. Now they're saying that their professional standards uh, division is is investigating this, but, but one of the most disturbing things, and once again, Keith, you know, you have the FOP inserting themselves into a incident that is pretty high profile where you have, they're releasing a statement saying, well, you know what, sometimes these things happen. If people cooperate and they just get out of the car, these things wouldn't happen. But if they do happen, that's just part of the job. But there again, there wasn't any, there wasn't anything mentioned that this driver had a disability where he could not he could not get out of the car himself. So uh, again, you've got everybody is totally overlooking the fact that this is what we see: a man getting dragged out of a car by his hair, a man getting dragged down the street to a police car all over a traffic stop where there is questions about the the house that he just drove away from. So where is the crime? People continue to ask, where was the crime committed? Right. I, you well, know what? I, when, I don't... My question to you guys is uh, when, when, a rookie, when a rookie police officer comes in, what what is his training with his ability as a rookie police What does he go through? How is that how is that done? Keith, I'll let you answer. Garrett, yeah, Gary, I, I will tell you 
that I can't I can't speak on. I know the topic is discussed. I do know there are police departments that that have that as part of their training. I do know it's discussed, and I do know also it's. I know that some departments stay away from it because it is. You know, it's, it, I think some people just don't know what to train. The ADA Act is extremely lengthy, uh, detailed. Uh, you can't leave any part of it out, and so. Are there departments that chose not to teach it based on, well, we don't have enough time? But it's just like dealing with with a citizen with mental illness, dealing with someone who's unsheltered, uh, dealing with someone, you know, uh, uh, who uh, is LGBTQ. Man, you 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 have to you have to provide that training because you have to understand there are officers out here who don't utilize their common sense there are officers out here if you don't if they don't receive that training then they're going to revert back to tactics that they know uh not tactics that they've been trained to use but tactics what they believe is necessary to address the issue at hand so you know i i, I go back i know that i know that we bring in um citizens from various uh areas of, of the city and uh not just ethnic and not just gender but we bring in different individuals to talk about uh you know if, if they are if they do have a disability if they do suffer from mental illness if they do if they are unsheltered and, and it and it puts a face and it puts a, a, a reality on those young officers minds and they ask those questions uh but but I don't think a lot of departments do that, but there are some that that that, that do it. But you shouldn't have yeah. to train common sense. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys, we are just we're going to come up and take this uh, this last break. But we're going to take this break, and we come. We're going to come back. We're going to get back into the conversation of how police officers uh, deal with people with disabilities. But you're listening to you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. I start laundry at 8. At 10, we go for a walk. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hey, we want to welcome everyone back to you in the law broadcast show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where if you're just now tuning into the show, we are talking about uh, the incident that took place in Dayton, Ohio, that that's, has uh, pretty well much gone viral, Keith, where... Uh, officers pulled out a, uh, a man who did not have use of his legs, who was um, 
a paralegic, and he basically told the officers repeatedly that he could not uh, get out of the car uh, because he somebody would have to assist him because somebody helped him get in the car and somebody would have to help him get out of the car. But these officers now, to their defense, they said, hey, we will help you out of the car. But he continued to refuse to get out of the car. So you got people on on the other on on the law enforcement side saying, "Well, he refused." So they offered to, to to take him out of the car, but he refused. So just because a person refuses and they're not under arrest, people are asking if he would have gotten out of the car. Where would he have been placed on the sidewalk? Would they help him get back in the car? But nobody is having this conversation, guys, that the fact that there was a minor child in the car. So how did the officers interact with that minor child that was in the car? No, no, that's the that's the question. That's a that's a question. And, and Virgil, did they did they ever find anything in the car? Other than no. the money. I know never, it was twenty thousand dollars. No, they never found any drugs or anything, anything that was, uh, they, they just found the money. I will say this, they, they issued him multiple citations, and I believe some of those citations have been um, removed. Uh, and the city, of course, you know, their professional standards, is is investigating uh, this incident, and the mayor has actually called for a much wider investigation into what took place. But, you know, again, Keith, we just go back to, we saw what happened with, what was the young man up in Baltimore? Uh, Freddie Gray. Freddie, Fred Gray. Freddie Gray. Yeah, Freddie Gray. How police officers treated and handled him, how they drug him to, to, to this uh, police van, and how, you know, everything that revolved around Freddie Gray, everything that has revolved around um, Eric Garner, everything that has revolved around uh, George Floyd. And at what point do police officers understand that the spotlight is on you? You've got a body cam on. There's citizens who have their cell phones out. But you're doing these things that, after the fact, people are 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 looking at you like, you know, where where did you come from? I mean, wh- is your aggression that serious to where you can't control your emotions and you can't control how anger how angry you get? Because clearly, these guys were angry. When you listen to the tone in their voice, they escalated the situation, Keith versus de-escalate the situation. Because, again, it would have just been simple to say, okay, well, sir, let me get your license and in, in, in insurance, and uh, you do conduct your business, and ask the person, hey, do you mind if we run a dog around your car? There again, you're violating a person's rights when you don't ask them, but you're telling them, we're going to do this because we suspect that you may have purchased drugs from this known drug house. Well, I'll tell you, Virgil, I, I don't – I'm just still trying to figure it out. I'm, You know, Virgil and Gary, I'm still trying to figure it out. I just – this is just perplexing. Um, 
is nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong you know there's there's no there's no crime to just drive down the street you know i mean you you, you got to have reasonable suspicion of probable cause and like i said we don't know the history we don't know if they you know we don't know if, if there's narcotics units that hey this guy's we don't we don't know that but what we do know is that the removal from the vehicle was very very uh hard to watch we do know yeah. that yeah and we yeah. do know that we do know that 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 the that citizens put on um you you can't there, I, I guarantee you there's not a well there's there's a there's a there are citizens who don't want to hear the excuses there's citizens that you can't make believe that or make understand that you know he he was we felt he was a danger to himself what they do what they have seen is that you have someone with a disability who was drugged from a car pulled from a car um, that's the that's the image that sketched into the minds uh, of citizens. Well, well yeah. And then, go ahead, Gary. Did a police officer work with um, EMD? EMD officers because most EMD, most EMD uh, officials have disability training. So if they're if they're brotherhood with the police officers, they didn't know better. Uh, it, it goes down to it goes back to tunnel vision, and it goes back to I've got this mission. I'm on this mission. I'm going to accomplish it. That's what it. You know, that's the thing. Do they know better? Everybody should have common sense and emotional intelligence. I, I'll say. I'll just say that. Well, you know, another concern, especially in the black community, uh, uh, Keith and, and and our listeners and and the Gary is that. Uh, black people are at a risk. Uh, well, let me rephrase this. There is a uh, part of this conversation is that the overlooked problem of police violence against Americans with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to focus on, on the African-American community because it, it impacts the African-American community, the Latino community, the Native American community, the Asian community, every well, well, Virgil, demographic it impacts. I, I, it, yeah, it, yeah. All, all communities, all ethnic groups, uh, it does, all cultures. It affects everybody. It affects, yeah. it affects you know, it's, and so just, yeah, and I'm glad you said that because I wanted the listeners to know we're, we realize that this is a, a problem that spans out through different cultures and ethnic, ethnic groups. Yeah, and and the and the fact that you know we have seen key incidents where police officers have used force on on children with with who are who have autism uh, with people who are deaf. So and and the list goes on, and you know with with all these things that have happened, guys. These are things that are not just isolated, uh, and it's just not in the news media. These things have been very well publicized in the news media, and the fact that uh, if you are, even if you don't watch the news, you're in tune with social media, so you're going to know about it. 
And, and Keith, let me ask you this question. Should police departments, should police chiefs take this a step further and to make sure that this is a part of a daily conversation within the police department inside of your 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 briefing rooms before officers get out and talk to these men and women about it may this may uh, this didn't occur in our city but it occurred in another city so do you think that that should be taken to another level to have these conversations with officers before they hit the streets yeah you better i mean that's what roll call roll call is for that's what in service is for uh you know when i when i see situations uh uh what's the what you know we just we just had a show last week about the gentleman who was inside of his home and yeah uh, that was uh kenna chamberlain mr chamberlain yeah absolutely and i and i sent that to, to all the supervisors in the department because i wanted them to to, to look at it. and i and i basically said form your you know form your own opinion because what I don't want them to say is, if I, I don't want them to say, well, the chief is making us think this way. No, I want to hear what you what you have to say, you know. And so, uh, quite a bit of feedback, Good. you know, quite a, quite a bit of feedback regarding. So, what kind of feedback that. did but you yes, get? Absolutely. Um, you know, basically, man, I can't believe that the niece was there and they didn't talk to her. You know, is it is it you know what what did he what did he do wrong? inside of his own home, you know, so you, you're getting those kind of comments. You're also getting these, these these responses like, well, I need to know more. We need to know more before we pass judgment. Well, that that, that time is gone. Nobody's passing judgment. Yeah. We're just basically saying, you know, we're basically saying this is what we saw. I mean, you, you can't argue with the video. And, uh, well, in the simple so, fact, Keith, just like with the, the what we talked about last week with, uh, with Kenner Chamberlain, and, and, you know, reminding everybody, if you missed that show, you can go back and you can listen to the rebroadcast shows at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. That's thebachelornews.airtime.pro. Or you can go to our Facebook page at You Under Law and click on the link and listen to that broadcast, rebroadcast of that show. Because it was a good show, Keith, because, again, here is a 68-year-old retired Marine inside of his home who had a medical alert device who accidentally set it off and hours later he is dead because of the of how the police responded to to this situation with him and, and so again you know when you sit back why should a 68 year old man of any color be killed inside of his apartment and it all had to do with how police officers responded to, uh, to to whether he needed service or whether he didn't need any any type of of, of, of uh, service from the police. Well, I, I say this again, Bert. I don't know how. I don't know why this keeps happening. I don't know why we don't learn. From our mistakes or the mistakes of our brothers and us and sisters, or or even the the um, you know if you and, and a lot of these I believe there there are those I believe are not intentional mistakes. But at the end of the day, you can't the the the, the community's not going to buy that. 
what the community sees is a officer or officers pulling someone, a paraplegic, from his vehicle by his hair, and that's what they see. They can't unsee it. They believe it's wrong, and we just got to do better. Yeah, well, Keith, and, you know, I want – Gary, go ahead. When, when – okay, the officers go to the scene, the officers there, um, one, of them, one of them was a uh, guy, I think this is going to be a little bit difficult, or uh, somebody was coming and was saying, are we doing this right? Uh, this is right. Same thing with the um, uh, the um, uh, Minnesota. You mean to tell me all of those guys are standing there and nobody said, you know what, we can't be doing this? I will tell you, Gary, I will tell you, and, and, and Virgil knows this, uh, uh, a lot of departments have implemented a duty-to-intervene policy. Some departments mm-hmm. already had it. Uh, they just basically broke it out to make it uh, make officers more aware that when you see something that is not within policy, you see something that looks aggressive, Um uh, you have a duty as an officer. You see someone, an officer doing something that's that's not ethical. You have an obligation and a responsibility. Uh, those officers who don't intervene uh, can receive disciplinary actions. Uh, so you're right. Somebody has to step up and say, "Okay, guys, you know, hold on, hold on. You know, you know, hey." We've got this gentleman, you know, this would have probably been one of the times you go, hey, we got a gentleman here who we need to, we need him to step, exit the car. This is the reason why, uh, uh, Sarge, can you come over here or Lieutenant, can you come over here? Let's talk this through. We, we don't talk it through. That's the thing about de escalation. We, we, we have gotten to a, 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 an age where we can't take our time on certain things. We can take our time. Not on all things, yeah. but on certain things we can. Yeah. Well, well, hey, guys, we're coming up on the last minutes of the show. but And I, I want to make uh, say this, Keith. Uh, you know, Gary, you know, for our listeners, uh, Gary has a disability. Uh, he, he He's a faithful listener to our show, but he provides a lot of insight. Now, Keith, there are going to probably be some people who will say, well, I can't understand what he's saying. It's not the fact, well, take the time and, and listen to what Gary is saying. You'll be able to understand everything Gary is saying because me and Keith have clearly understood everything Gary has said over, over the course of this, of this show. So I think it comes down to people having the patience and taking the time to understand people who have disabilities because, there again, nobody deserves to be treated less than a human. Uh, and, I, and I pose this to police officers who listen to this. Put yourself in that person's situation. If you were a disabled person, how would you want that person to treat you? And, again, you treat people the way you want to be treated. And, Keith, I think so many police officers have gotten away from that mindset that I'm the police, you do what I tell you to do, and if you don't do what I tell you to do, you're going to suffer the consequences, but totally forget 
you treat people the way you want to be treated because there is there is no damn way you would want somebody to treat you like how you're treating that person who has a disability. Well, well, but, well said. Directly, yeah. directly said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, Gary, we definitely thank you for, for coming on the show and, and talking with us, being a part of this conversation, uh, because it's a conversation that's definitely needed. And in, in, in not just now, but, but any other time, uh, because police officers really need to do a better job of, uh, of how they encounter people with, with, with all types of disabilities. Uh, but Keith, I want to remind our listeners that if you miss any parts of this, uh, you can listen to the bro- to the rebroadcast at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. That's thebachelornews.airtime.pro. And go to our social media page, like our Facebook page. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, you and the law on, uh, on, on Facebook and, uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, but Keith, we want to remind everybody to tune in next week for another, another episode of You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Uh, good night, everybody.